0: Welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Alright, for those of you who are brand new, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. For those of you who have come back, uh, and maybe those of you who have come back many, many times, uh, we definitely appreciate you uh, knowing that you are returning. It means that we must be adding some value to your world, and I am grateful for that. Uh, as always, please like, follow, subscribe, do all those things because it does help us uh, to to try to keep this thing going. Uh, I know it's it's not every day that you have access to a counselor, somebody who's trained in, in the profession of doing clinical work that is willing to address really difficult cultural issues. I've done lots of different kinds of podcasts. You can go back and look at the list. I I, I believe we are over 200. We are probably like 250 or something like that. So there's a lot of content out there. Obviously, some of it's going to be more, uh, you know, entertaining than others. At the end of the day, we're just trying to make a difference. Today, we are doing the You're the Problem segment number 14, and we are going to change it up a little bit again. So we got into this pattern of showing a video and really just processing through real life uh, you know, kinds of scenarios or, or potentially real life scenarios. And today I'm going to come at this a little bit different. So, you know, for those of you who are watching, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get a little bit of, uh, some, some images that come up here pretty soon. Uh, for those of you who are not watching, that's fine. You are not going to see the images, but today you frankly, probably don't need to. All right. The, uh, the images are just really to inspire emotional reaction. And I do that on purpose because we do talk about empathy in this particular podcast. And empathy, we want to understand what the emotional reactivity is that's going on within us. That's how we empathize the best. In the clinical world, we talk about uh, transference, or counter-transference. Like we don't want to put our stuff on the client in this situation. I am not here to put my stuff on you. You can go back and listen to the most boring podcast on my uh, on my platform, I think that's what I called it, You know, just in the last week, uh, just this week actually. And so you you could potentially go back and listen to that and you will understand that my agenda is not to give you all the answers but to help you learn ways to come up with all the answers. Um, now, can I do that? Not perfectly, but I'm going to do a pretty damn good job. I'm not going to lie. When I go back and I I uh, uh, look at some of the content that I have created, and I hate watching and listening to myself. So for those of you who get a little bit annoyed by it, I totally get it. I get very annoyed by my own, my own stuff, um, partly because I don't just want to hear myself talk. On your end, my hope is the content outweighs the presentation. I don't I don't think the presentation's awful, uh, but you know, I mean, the content that that I gotta knock that stuff out of the park. So, with that, I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna roll in, and we're gonna talk about who's your enemy. That's gonna be this particular segment of you're the problem. It's who's your enemy. Right, because you know when we uh, when we clarify or classify or put ourselves in these these different subgroups socially, uh, then we we have to ask one: Am I included? But then the second thing becomes: What's our enemy? Like, why am I in this particular group? Am I in this particular group because I want to be included, or is it because it? fights against the things that I don't like. Now I'm going to get, of course, in, in normal style here, I am going to get very, very controversial in my presentation and you're, you may or may not like it. And so (laughs) hang in there. Uh, when you start seeing these images, if you're following along, because I'm going to hit, some really tough categories. We are going to hit, I'm going to give you the list. We are going to hit the MAGA crowd, the Antifa crowd, the BLM crowd, the Republicans, the Democrats, the LGBTQ AI plus. We are going to hit the Proud Boys. We are going to hit Greenpeace and we are going to hit media. Now that's a list. Like if I hit four of those, I think I would be killing it. But I'm going to run through this and I'm going to try to hit every single one of those. Now up on the screen, first up, uh, they're not in the same order that I wrote them. So hang in there. If I, if I look down, I apologize. Uh, But I'm going to hit what I have on the screen. I'll go by the screen order. And that is, we're going to hit Antifa first because they came out and it was really just by however I named them. They came out in alphabetical order. So uh, Antifa, or anti-fascist action. You can see their symbol. This is what represents that group. Antifa. And I'm going to do this for every single, every single category. So hang on, let's go for a ride. First, I'm going to start with what it is in the general sense. And I'm going to give you a real quick synopsis. Antifa is a political movement. It's, that's really what it is. It's a political movement. Anti-dictatorial leaders, uh, they, they, they believe in uh, you know, the, the uh, forcible uh, suppression of opposition. What does that mean? Oh my gosh, it means a lot. It means they believe, if you're part of the anti-fascist movement, they believe, or Antifa, I shouldn't say the movement because there's a lot of people who are anti-fascist, but not part of Antifa. If you are part of Antifa, uh, you know, the, the core elements are we look for fascism and we violently protest it. It's not about peaceful protest. It's about violent protest because the premise back in the backdrop is it will destroy our lives if we don't act out on this Uh, oppressive fascist approach. That is what uh, the claim is. Um, The perceived enemy, this is why it's the who's your enemy segment. The perceived enemy is in the, in the United States, at least is the Republicans or the conservative party. It, it could also include maybe the religious uh, affiliated groups uh, like churches Uh, because those are oppressive. It could also go after uh, anybody who's, it's, it's essentially anybody who's in power. That's the perceived enemy. Anybody who is more powerful than us. That's really the perceived enemy of Antifa. So if you hold any influence in your community, Antifa by nature of what they, they claim to be will not like you. What they will like is anybody who stands against you. So that's the perception, the perceived enemy. The real enemy. This is, this is the real enemy. The real enemy is voters. If you fall into the voting category, you are the enemy. Now, that's like that's a bold statement, but when we put it in context, here let me help you walk through because we're going to empathize. For a moment, I'm going to assume the role of I am Antifa, okay? I'm assuming that role. I'm not claiming that that is my reality. If I am Antifa, and I'm going to do this for all of, all of these categories, so I'm going to pretend for a moment that I'm, I'm in these, these different groups, uh, Antifa. If my, if my objective is to get rid of fascism, that's anything that is of greater uh, value or importance than me. It's a very self-centric viewpoint. I am thinking (coughs) I have to always be attacking whatever takes the power position. So if we were playing chess, I'm going to be going after initially the most powerful piece on the board, which most people would would, would agree is probably the queen. Once the queen is gone, the next most powerful piece on the board is the one that I'm coming after. Maybe that's the knight or the rook or the bishop. If all of a sudden the pawn is in a position to be the most powerful piece, I will bypass, because I'm I'm like I'm in this scenario, I'm in Tifa. I will bypass every other piece to get the one that is in the most powerful position. I'm not going to discriminate between pieces when it comes to that. It's whatever is in the most powerful position is the most important piece for me to attack. That's why the voters are it in the United States. The voters actually are in the most powerful position, the collective voters. And unfortunately, what that means is any group, any group that uh, uh, represents the voters is an enemy to Antifa. That's the way it works. So if I'm empathizing with Antifa, I go, yeah, there's a lot of disparity, uh, financial, uh, social disparity. And I don't like that. I just don't like that. I want a more equal playing field. That to me makes sense. I don't want to, in my search for growth and maximizing my potential, I don't want to oppress people. I don't want to make them less than so that I am greater than. The question is, how do we do that? Now, Antifa, you know, at Antifa, it's very clear. We do that through physical aggression. That's how we do it. So we're going we're gonna to use that. That's our, that's our jumping ground right there. And the next one that we are going to do, let's see what it is. Um, we are going to do BLM, Black Lives Matter. Okay. BLM was originally a social justice group. That's how it, original or, or, or origination. Uh, it, where, where it started was social justice. It has since become a political group with social ideologies. Okay. So the perceived enemy, white people, I'm just speaking how it is, real enemy, the real enemy for for BLM is white supremacists and oligarchies. Those who have uh, that small group that has the majority of the power. So, if that is the real enemy versus the perceived enemy, let's empathize with BLM. Do I understand their origin? Absolutely. Absolutely. I understand the origin. Why? Because social justice is one of those things that we are always, hopefully, I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm talking as, as a clinician here, as a therapist, as a, as a counselor in this world. I hope we're moving toward social justice more and more. But what exactly does that mean? We have to be really careful when we cross a social justice group into a political group because it assumes a different role at that point. And roles, as we know as counselors, make a big difference. So the real enemy is the white supremacists. Now, white supremacists, let's be real. In this country, it is a very small number of people. Does it exist? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a small group, just like the oligarchy, which is a small group. That being said, they can be small groups that exert lots of influence. And so BLM was designed and is designed to attack that. Now, BLM is not always, not uh, unlike the Antifa group, BLM is not always a violent group. Um, It's not part of their, uh, their, their normal original pathway. And so you get more of a mix of nonviolent mixed in with some violent tendencies which is true of probably any of these groups you're going to find small sections within them that are that are you know are going to act out and be childish and uh, you know and and stuff like that and they're going to justify and they're going to blame and they're going to try to excuse away the poor behavior but as we're empathizing with BLM do I understand why it was created sure do I understand where it's going now yeah do I understand the idea of the real enemy the white supremacists If I'm empathizing with BLM, heck yeah, that's not okay. It's also not okay on the other end of that to violently attack white people because you assume they're white supremacists. That would not be okay. And BLM has crossed that line several times. So empathizing with them, do I understand why they've crossed that line? Absolutely. And would I be looking if I'm BLM? I'm looking at myself. Would I be saying this isn't okay? We we can do better, absolutely, absolutely. And if you can't see that, you're part of the problem. Don't worry, I'm getting after all these scripts. All right, next one. Uh, the next one we have. Anybody know which one this is? Hmm? The donkey. Yeah, we've got we've got the donkey, and we've got. The elephant. All right. So we're going, to hit, we're going to hit a Democrat party and we're going to hit Republican party. I'm going to do them one after the other. So uh, the, the Democrat party, um, I'm changing up the order. I apologize. Uh, but that's what we're going to do. Democrat uh, is going to be dreamers, liberals, and way, way more on the socialist uh, side of, of business politically. Okay. So that's, that's a snapshot. You know, we can get into all the the details, but that would take, I don't know, centuries. So the perceived enemy of the Democrat party is the Republican party because right now we more or less in the United States have a two party system. Democrats, Republicans. There are other options, but the, in, in all reality, they don't, uh, they don't hold enough voting power to, to swing it into a three-party or four-party uh, country. So the Democrat Party, the perceived enemy, is the Republicans. But what's their real enemy? I'm giving you a second. The real enemy of the Democrat Party. It's, it's not going to go where, where many of you think I'm going. The real enemy of the Democrat Party is the voters. Now, you're, you're probably picking up a little bit of a theme here because the real enemy, you're going to see this later on, oftentimes is the voters. That's the, the ordinary people who go to the polls. It's kind of a weird thing to think, I know, but let's paint it for you. What's the only thing that can take Democrat, the Democrat party, uh, influence away. The voters, it's not the Republicans. Absolutely not. It's the voters. So if the real enemy is the voters and I were part of the Democrat party, I would be looking at that going, okay, uh, I need their vote, and they are my enemy. Ooh, that's quite a conundrum. I wonder if we're going to see the same thing in the Republican Party. Yes, we will. I will be getting to that momentarily. Uh, But I I wanted to put that out there. If the real enemy is voters, then for me, uh, if I'm sitting there and I'm Democrat, I'm going, ugh, What do I do with this? The enemy is like blending in with the ally, the friends. And what we end up with is, uh, you know, these little factions in both Democrats and Republicans that get a little bit more extreme in order to collect certain kinds of voters. That's problematic. All right. So we're going to skip ahead. I'm going to skip ahead. Uh, Republican. A uh, Republican Party is, is the conservative, realists, capitalists, and they're politically oriented. Their perceived enemy is the Democrats. So what do they do? They, you know, they're, going to, they're going to attack the Democrats, just like the Democrats attack the Republicans. But that's their perceived enemy. Their real enemy is the voters because the only ones who can give them or take power away from them is the voters. It's a really important thing to understand. Can I empathize with why they do what they do when I look at the voters? Absolutely. Because if that's their enemy, that also is their friend, their ally. So they have just like the Democrat party have this really fine line to walk. All right. All right. Let's go on. The next group, I'm going to circle back, Greenpeace. Greenpeace is an environmental protection group, preservation. They want to save the planet and all these things. Their perceived enemy, when you look at what their group says and does, their perceived enemy is technology and people. That's right. People and technology. Because they they often see them as linked. Uh, you know, all the people are what's destroying the planet. All the technology that the people are consuming is destroying the planet. <laughs> they see those as linked oftentimes. So the perceived enemy is technology and people. But what's the actual enemy, the real enemy? Give you a second. The real enemy is knowledge and wisdom you're like, what? Oh my gosh. How is that the real enemy? Play it out. If I'm empathizing with Greenpeace, my biggest enemy is all the stuff I don't know. That's what it is. My blind spots. We create a new thing. We don't know what it does to the existing thing called the planet. And so we immediately assume it's bad and evil, which is the technology and the people. And then we back off from there to, well, actually, it's better than the one that existed before it. So yes, it's bad and it's evil, but it's not as evil. Over time, we gain more and more knowledge and wisdom. But the Greenpeace group is always going to be concerned about what they don't know that's the real enemy if I'm empathizing with Greenpeace. The real enemy is knowledge and wisdom, those blind spots. Whew, we're getting weird on this now, but hey, I'm telling you how I see it as a clinician, as somebody if I'm looking at these things objectively, objectively and putting in empathy. I'm just infusing the this scenario, like as if I'm Greenpeace i want to look at the actual enemy. That's what I care the most about. The actual enemy. Not what's put out there socially on your media, socially on your, uh, you know, in your, in the purview of everybody else. No, I want to know what the actual enemy is. And if you can't see these, slow yourself down, empathize with these groups and really try to see them The next one, LGBTQAI+. Originally, it was based on, well, it starts with the the acronym, uh, you know, uh, L-G-B-T. Well, it was LGB at first, or I, I don't remember how it started exactly. I'd have to go back and do a little bit more looking into it. But it was originally a free love group a free love meaning you're free to love whoever it is that you love. It was much less about sex. It has turned into a sex group. Unfortunately, not a hundred percent, but that group went from free love. The idea that I can be gay, lesbian, I could be trans, uh, you know, I could be queer. I can, like all of these things were optional because I love who I love. To what we now are seeing is a sex group. It's a social movement now. It's really all about social construct. The perceived enemy was heterosexuals and free speech enthusiasts. That's who it is now. That's the perceived enemy now. Free speech enthusiasts. Which is why this particular group is about silencing those who would be against them. If I'm part of that group, that's really important. But the actual enemy, if I'm really truly empathizing with the LGBTQAI plus community, moralists, people who believe in right and wrong, That's who my real enemy is. That's who the actual enemy is. Why? It's not because they're immoral, although many people will make that argument. It's it's because if I'm part of that community, I look at it and I go, who's going to stand between me and all the sexual fantasies that I have? It's going to be one classification. People who believe that sex is is a moral action. That's the group. So, you know, we could say it's religious groups, we could say it's free speech groups, we could say it's heterosexuals, we could say it's whatever. But at the end of the day, it's moralist. And if you can't see that, you might be part of the problem. All right, next group. The MAGA group, the Make America Great Again group. When we look at the MAGA group, what is this? At the end of the day, this was one thing. This was a political movement. That's what it is. It's a political movement. Their perceived enemy, Democrats and liberals. That's it. It was anybody who's not willing to make America great again. And it was a political movement, started on the right, and it was designed to be a counterattack For the Democrats and the liberals, that's their perceived enemy. But who's their real enemy? If I'm part of this group, yep, voters. Because voters could take away any power and influence that the MAGA group could have. Any of it disappears with voters. All of it disappears with voters. So their real enemy is also their real friend. It's just like the Democrat or the Republican Party. It's a MAGA group. All right. Next, Uh, we're going to come back to that. Uh, That'll be our last one. I'm going to save that for the end. The next one is the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys is a male group, a neo-Nazi group, race-exclusive group that is all about uh, you know, creating this hierarchical model of superiority. The perceived enemy is black people and one other, others, anybody who does not affiliate with them, the outsiders, the other, not the proud boys. <clears throat> Much like the BLM group, uh, or the Antifa group. Uh, they are m- way more likely to go violent. Uh, they are way more likely to be aggressive. And who is the actual enemy? If I'm empathizing with the Proud Boys, the actual enemy is change in modern times. We are no longer segregated Modern times is the enemy to the Proud Boys. It's a group designed for a reset, but a reset to racial inequality. Change is the enemy of the Proud Boys. And if you can't see that, you might be part of the problem. So it's a resistance group, essentially. All right. Whoo. Okay. Where are we? Uh, last one for today. And then I'm going to let you all get out of here. Of course, if you haven't gone already, but the, the media, the media, this is, this is one of the most fascinating ones. It started out as a reporting and objective research of current issues. That's what it was designed for to gather current today's issues, objectively look at them kind of like what researchers would do, and then tell people what they're finding. They, by design, were supposed to, and really ought to today, be reality uh, speakers. That's what they should be doing. Speaking reality based on the research that they find in today's world, what it has become is a political messaging group. That's correct. The media is now political messaging groups. And I have an image for those of you who rumble and uh, YouTube. You're going to see political messaging groups. Look at them. If you can't see that they are now political messaging groups, you might be part of the problem. Let me explain. The perceived enemy to the media, it's one thing. The perceived enemy is one thing. Time. That's the perceived enemy. Their perceived enemy is getting the message to the people first. So their enemy is time. Of course, that's their perceived enemy. What is the actual enemy? If we empathize with media, the actual enemy is truth. Why is the enemy of media truth? Because if we are first, but we are wrong, then the one thing that could ever come back to haunt us, the only thing that could really truly come back to haunt us is being first and wrong. Truth is the enemy. What that did early on for media was sometimes slowed them down because they realized they had to get it right. Now, they don't worry about that so much because now they're a political messaging group. They're all about twisting the narrative. Unfortunately, this is the way when we empathize with them. This is what we can see, that the the enemy actually is the truth for a lot of the media. Now, are there some media sites out there that are trying to give you the truth? Of course. But then those groups become the enemy of all of the other media who are about the political messaging. Because the truth is the only thing that could undo all of their work. And if you can't see that, you might be part of the problem. Look, when I infuse empathy into these different groups, and by the way, this isn't an easy task that what I'm asking you to do is extremely difficult. It is super hard, but what I'm asking you to do is also extremely important. Understand what these groups are about. Understand what their perceived enemies are. Understand what their actual enemies are. Why? Because if you can't do that, you are part of the problem. You're part of the issue. And you, now look, did I get some of them, them wrong? I don't know. You tell me. You, you let me know if you think I got something wrong. Well, maybe I didn't give enough detail on this one. Or maybe I, I should have talked more about this particular area within this group. Absolutely. I'm open to that conversation. Bring it to me. I'm, I'm open to it. Bring it to me. Let's have that conversation. And if your takes are good enough, maybe I'll just put you on the podcast. Then you can share it with all your friends. I'm good with that because I don't come in here to be right all the time, to talk about every single detail, to give you the answers. What I come here to do is to help you think for yourself. And if you can't see how these groups came about, if you can't see how important it is to empathize with these groups, you are part of the problem and you need to check that. Look at yourself. Ask yourself, why am I all worked up? Because he talked about these particular groups. That's an important question. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this was helpful. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.